Welcome to the City Edge Church podcast. For more information, please visit our website at cityedgechurch.org.au. We hope that you enjoy this message. We believe here at City Edge that worship is one of the most refreshing things that we can have in our lives. Worship is something that can actually refuel us, refire us, and and to help us uh, see things the way that God sees them. That when we worship God, you can find fulfillment. When we worship God, you can find clarity. You can find vision. You can find guidance. You can find peace. You can find rest. And you can find ultimate satisfaction in life when you worship the God who made you. And um, the fact that we would even get to spend time in the presence of the Almighty One who created us, man, what an honor to step into the presence of God. And we honor the presence of God here. And, um, and I would be an advocate, and I am an advocate, that we all need more worship in our lives. Amen? Yeah. And I, I challenge you, have more worship in your life. Have it constantly in your life. And you might be thinking, well, Nick, I, I don't have any more time in the week. I, I, I don't have any more time to chuck a CD into my Walkman. Wait, no, we don't have Walkmans anymore. Anyone under 18 was like a walk, a walk what? <laughs> walk what? No, but maybe uh, a more relevant way is uh, I don't have any more time to put on my favorite Spotify playlist and worship God anymore. I, I, like I do, I do it quite a bit within the, in the week, but Nick, to be honest, I probably can't worship anymore. And, and uh, um, I believe tonight that, God actually wants to widen our lens of what worship truly is. That maybe we have thought that we could box worship into this little box over here and, oh yeah, we know worship, it's that. Oh yeah, we know worship, it can only do this. It needs to be done like this and this and this and that's what worship is. But I believe right now in this message, and I believe that God is gonna speak to your heart, that God wants to actually shake that view a little bit and give you a greater view of what he sees worship being. And um, through it, I know he's going to speak. And uh, because I believe like God, worship is something bigger. Worship is something greater. And um, something that I'm continuing to learn about every single day. And I don't want to steal much time from our last series or, or, or take much from our last series of Living Hope. But I'm here to tell you that worship to God is to be done anywhere, everywhere, and at all times. Anywhere, everywhere. And at all times, and I pray that we would gain that understanding tonight, that when we see verses like pray without ceasing, that the Apostle Paul writes in Thessalonians, that wouldn't be something, some concept where we're like, do I just need to literally pray every single moment of every day? But we'd actually understand and actually live a life that understands what worship and prayer and living a life for Christ is. And um, God is wanting to impart something within us tonight, that we would be worshipers who worship in spirit and in truth that we would be refreshed always. So tonight, and just for the next three hours, I want to let you know a little bit about, no, I'm just kidding. Just, it's all good. All the university students for their first time, they're like, you're joking me. No, no, no. Just for the next 20 minutes, half an hour, I want to share some thoughts on my personal revelation of what worship is. Um, so together, let's pray together. God, I just pray that you would speak to us tonight. The Lord... Lord, as we've worshipped you, as we've opened up our hearts, as we're opening up our hearts, even right now, that God, you would, your wonder and your awe would grab our attention again. That God, if we've thought that we knew what worship is, would you widen our lens of what worship truly is so that we can see you for all that you are? 
that, Lord, it would apply to our lives, that we can live the best life that you have for us right now. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Amen. So I might need your help with this verse, and it's going to come up on the screen. Um, And I'd love for you to flick to the book of Colossians, whether that's on your device, on your phone, or whether you've got a paperback Bible. I love mine. Um, It goes with me everywhere. But we're going to look from Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15 to 20. And I'm going to need your help with this verse, and it's going to come up on the big Bible up here. And whenever the word all is said, I need you to say the word all back to me as well. So we're all going to say it the same page. I'm going to read this and um, we're going to read this um, together. So just some context, just so we know, when it says he or him, it's referring to Jesus, Jesus. So let's read this together. So it says, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation by him. All things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him All the fullness of God was pleased to dwell uh, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Now, I love the book of Colossians and I love this verse so much. And and I want to kind of extract what it's really teaching out of this passage. And if this this passage, passage teaches us anything, one, it teaches us that the Apostle Paul really likes the word all. And secondly... It, uh, theologically, we note that Jesus and all things are a very common thread. Jesus and all things are a common theme within this passage. That Jesus is over all things. That Jesus created all things. That Jesus is through all things. That Jesus is in all things. That Jesus is before all things, after all things. That Jesus holds all things together. That when it says in Romans that we cannot be separated by the love of God, I truly believe that we cannot be separated from the love of God because He is everywhere at all times, always moving in and through creation that He created. And if God is everywhere and we consider worship as bringing glory to God wherever He is, bringing adoration and awe and wonder to His name, then we have to have a little bit of a look at how, when, and where we think we are worshiping God. Or we might need to redefine how we are worshiping. So let's explore this on just one level. And I kind of want to do this in in layers, um, kind of like inception a little bit. It's going to kind of go deep, and then it's going to come back up to the surface. Then I want to go back down again. Um, Has everyone seen Inception? Okay, it's a great movie. Guys, you need to get onto that if you haven't. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, But... uh, so if we're looking at all, all things, in the Greek, I believe all things means all things. So uh, we're going to look at one, one aspect of all things. So we could look at, what are some of the things that we could look at if Jesus is over all things? There's a few different categories that we could look at. Um, it's going to come up on the screen, I, I, I do declare. We could look at air conditioners. That's all things, right? Like that's, that's including that. Work, plants, relationships, environment, gifts, the carpet. Time, speech, animals, family. We could look at 
all, we could look at literally anything to find God in it. But firstly, I want to look at you. I want to look at humanity. I want to look at creation that God created, humanity, as the first thing that we look at and see how deep the rabbit hole goes to of how we can then worship God. Because I'm telling you, our worship is huge. The, the way in how we can worship is absolutely, uh, I can't even fathom it, but we need to understand this on a deeper level. So uh, you're going to understand as I go along. So if this means God is alive, active, and over you, then this gives us an opportunity to worship Him, correct? Yeah, you believe that? Because we can worship God wherever He is. So this means God can be worshipped in your physical body, your spiritual state, your thoughts, and your feelings. You could go probably more of a list of, of more of what the, what the whole body and all of humanity is made up of. So let's go even one step deeper. Let's just take one of those categories right now and let's extract it and see how we can worship God through it. So let's just go the physical body. This means that God is in your clothes you decide to wear, the food you eat, the actions you do, and how much social media you let into your eyes, including all the millions of other things that you can do with your physical body. So if this is the case, I want to put the question out there to you. How do you steward your body as an act of worshiping God? If we can go this deep, because God is over all things, He's through in everything, in, through, over, holds, before, after, He's everywhere, and we can glorify God wherever He is, how do you worship God through honoring your body and stewarding your body? Because that is a great form of worship. As much as when we sing songs down here, I don't want to say that that is wrong because that is amazing. When we come in unity, the power of the Spirit, the bond of peace, we get to worship together. That's amazing. But if that's all our worship is, I think we've missed it. I think we've got a boxed in worship over here where we think, oh yeah, God can only move in that. I'm telling you, the way that you steward your body is an act of worship before God. The way that you steward your body, how do you bring adoration, awe and wonder to God through your body? Or has worship just become a common language as the two slow songs we do on a Sunday? What's your concept of worship? Because it's so much bigger than what we see. And there are actions in our lives that we do that we don't actually realize it, but we are actually dishonoring God in because we have a limited view of what worship is. But tonight, I'm here to tell you that you honoring your body is an amazing form of worship before God. 1 Corinthians 6.19, the Apostle Paul writes, your, tem- uh, your body, your body, not your spirit, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. What are temples used for? To worship God, to glorify God. And sometimes what we do in maybe the church realm or the Christian realm is we regard sacred over here and secular over here that everything spiritual, oh, that must glorify God. The things that we do, yeah, we sing songs and whatnot, but over here, oh, I don't care how I live with my body. That has nothing to do with God. No, God created for you from the dust in the clay and that thing is holy. You are holy because of Christ Jesus in you and we worship God through our body. We are here to glorify God and worship Him. So how do you steward your body? And that's only one avenue. We've only looked at one avenue within, and we've gone already quite deep. You could look at that from so many different areas of how we could worship God. And um, let's go another direction. Your workplace, your work. So if we believe that God is on and through and over all things, which means wherever He is, we have an opportunity to worship Him, to be in awe and wonder and glorify Him. Your work. 
When is the last time you were in awe and wonder and wanted to worship God within the work that you do? Where you were in awe and wonder, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I, what I'm not saying is that, hey, maybe you have like a, a job that's just handling stuff and then you need to pass it along. Maybe it's a, um, a, a, a distribution line or something like that. Yeah, like a factory job or something like that. I'm not saying that you putting in your earphones and listening to the latest Hillsong as worship. What I am actually saying is, um, when did the work begin being worship for you? When did the work begin being worship for you? Because that's how God designed it to be. Although, once again, not bagging out putting in, an, in a podcast or listening to music when we're doing work. That's amazing. We worship God. But when did the work itself become worship before God? I'll show you how it was designed to be. We look in the Garden of Eden. God said to Adam, this is before Eve was even created. So God gave him a mandate and a commission, tend to the garden. God gave Adam the first uh, man to have ever lived on this earth, tend to the garden. And in tending to the garden, as being obedient to the voice of God, Adam's work was his worship. Adam's work was his worship before God, that when he was digging holes, he might not have even had earphones in those days. I don't think they had Spotify then. He didn't have the latest, um, he didn't have the latest elevation worship playing while he's like, thank you, Jesus. He wasn't doing anything like that. He was digging holes and because he was obedient before what God had given him, he was worshiping God. When he was, he was putting seeds out and he was harvesting, that was his worship before God. But how many times do we rock up on a Monday? Oh, I can't believe the boss still says that to me. Oh, I'm, I'm not keen to see him today. He's going to call me in for that um, chat again. Oh, can you believe it? Oh, this distribution, like, like this factory, oh, like it's this and it's this. And we complain and we complain and do this and that. When God is saying, I don't think you've understood worship yet. Worship is in everything. I am here in your workplace. Worship me in that. Worship me in what you are doing. And I'm telling you, if we're to get this church, man, there's no, there's no, uh, what am I trying to say? There is, there is no something. That's what I'm trying to say. God wants to do greater things in our city. And it starts with us, not just having 4% of our lives in worship here and maybe a podcast on a Tuesday with two hours, but it's a 99%, if not 100% of our lives constantly glorifying, constantly worshiping God through our work. What could happen if we started seeing the Monday to Friday as in the same way that we were worshiping here tonight as a time to worship God? As a time to worship God. What if like Adam, you may be a carpenter here and you want to partake in God's creative work that in the same way that God created the heavens and the earth and the thrones and the dominions, that you want to be an image bearer because you are an image bearer when you accepted Christ into your life. That in the same way that God created the heavens and the earth, you want to make the most amazing and beautiful homes. That when people look at your homes that you make, they glorify God and go, wow, that must have been done by, by a Christian because the work is so, it's so detailed and it looks so amazing. Man, we can glorify God together in that. I believe that there is such, so much of a holistic worship that maybe we take for granted, but God is wanting to reinstall in His church and to go, that's an amazing house. Come on, that's an amazing bit of furniture or that's an amazing chair or an amazing piece of art that I can't help but stare at it and just glorify God because he's so good in that. 
Sometimes we've separated the sacred from the secular where, where the things of the physical flesh, oh, that's, that God can't be in that. But God is in that. God wants to use you in your workplace for his glory, for his glory. It might sound silly to you, but I believe that there is a bigger dimension of worship that God wants us to step into. Because guess what, church? He deserves all the praise. He deserves to be worshipped for the work that even maybe you did. He deserves to be worshipped. He is worthy of all the praise. He isn't worthy of just uh, singing some songs on a Sunday. Once again, I love that. I am a big part of it. I believe it. But he, he wants to widen your lens of what worship truly is, that we can worship him more and more every day. You know what happens when you start to worship him more and more each day? Not just singing songs and whatnot, but living a life that is a part of worship. You're refreshed so much more. You're in tune with his spirit so much more. You want to know my passion? You want to know why I'm so passionate? You want to know why I get up here and I get to be extroverted and I know it's my personality, but it's because I get to spend time in the presence of God every single day that I step in and go, God, I get to glorify you through the work hours I do here at the church. I get to glorify you when I walk down the street. I get to glorify you in every single thing that I do. And it brings a refreshing spirit and his, and his presence just comes around me. And then he's like, Nick, I need you to talk to that person. Nick, I want you to do this. And I get to hear him more because I'm tapped into the spirit and the presence of God. This is what worship is. This is a worshiper in spirit and in truth. We good tonight? Feeling good? Yeah. So good. So good. And I, I, this is my last point just on this one. But isn't it interesting that, and I could honestly talk about this topic for like 30 years. I love this stuff. But um, isn't it interesting that with the 30 years to save the world, Jesus was still just a carpenter? I don't know about you, but if I only had 30, 33 years to save like the world and do my, my ministry and all this stuff, I'd probably just start the miraculous stuff straight away. Like I, I'd skip all the mundane work and stuff. That's not of God, you know what I mean? I, I would get people's attention. I would do all this. But even the Son of God had time to just work. And it was in his mundane that God used him because it was the will of the Father for Jesus to be a carpenter. It was. In the same way that it was the will of God to go to the cross, Jesus was also a carpenter for work's sake. And um, what an incredible thought. All the worship belongs to God. Thirdly, of this uh, point, and then I'm going to get to two points and how we can apply those, um, apply these things to our lives, is the mundane. We consider that God's work is in all things, it's through all things, it's in all things, over all things, that wherever he is, there's an opportunity to glorify and worship him. And I want to bring it to the mundane and say, the dishes. Who loves the dishes here? Oh, I got an overwhelming, overwhelming response. Overwhelming response for the dishes. And, um, but I'm totally serious. I am 100% full-on, full-blown serious right now that God wants you to worship Him when you're doing the dishes. Like you might say, well, I can't worship God in doing the dishes. And then I'd say to you, where in the Bible does it say that? Where in the Bible does it say that you can't worship God while doing the dishes? In the same way, and I want you to think of this. This is a challenge for you. Next time you do the dishes, I want you to think of this. In the same way, Jesus' finished work on the cross atoned for our sins and made us clean when we were dirty. You can clean those dishes and make them the most amazing looking dishes that you've ever seen and go, God, I thank you so much that I was once dirty, but now I'm clean. And God, I'm gonna glorify you even though I'm doing dishes right now. Come on, that's something to give glory to God. 
And it's starting to see, it's starting to see God through everything. God through, and you might be like, how did he get the opportunity to be on the platform and to speak this stuff? But, um, but I truly believe it, that God is wanting to widen our lens of what worship is. That you can be doing it, you could be singing a song even, but you could be, God, man, I, w- I was once dead in my sin and now I'm cleaned up. And thank you, Jesus. What an awesome opportunity. Uh, final thing on this point, John Calvin actually said this. He said, there is not one blade of grass, there is no color in this world that is not intended to make us rejoice. There is not one blade of grass. There is not one blade of grass. There is no color in this world that is not intended to make us rejoice. Everything. God is in everything. God is in everything, church. God is in all things, church. God wants you to start to see things every single day in your life that would bring Him glory. So I got two points really quickly. And it's kind of what I've been talking about in this part is that our worship gets good when we view life through the gospel. Our worship gets good when we view life through the gospel. Like I said at the start, I believe that God is wanting to broaden some past mindsets we've had about worship. And it begins by viewing our entire life through the lens of the gospel. Now, I've never needed glasses before. I actually got a right eyes. I'm pretty stoked on that. Thank you, Jesus. Um, But I believe when we started our new life in Christ, God placed within us a new lens that we would be able to see the world in. And, and it's every single part of light. It's every avenue, every part. And I believe that lens is in you right now. If you're a believer and a professing Christian to say, I, I live my life for Jesus, that that lens is there for you to see everything through the lens and the life of the gospel. That you wouldn't start to see how you used to see things, but you would start to see them how Christ sees things. You might have seen that person before as a person, oh, like I hate them. They, they did this to me and they did this. But when you put the filter and the lens of the gospel on, you start to have compassion for that person and you start to love that person and you start to worship and glorify and start to pray for that person. In the same way, God wants to do that with our worship. That when we have these lens on, that we start to see things differently. We start to see our workplace. We start to see our family. We start to see the sky and, and nature and the environment. And we start to see everything through the lens that God sees them. And it is beautiful. God, God has created such an amazing universe and world for us to be partakers in. But it's when we get our eyes off our old nature and in this new nature that we start to see things differently. And it's powerful. Our worship gets good when we start to view life through the gospel. Because I'm telling you, and this is my own personal revelation, this is why I speak it tonight. I've never felt more refreshed seeing God in everything that I do. I've never been more refreshed. And I believe that that's there for you as well. Mundane, work tasks, could be sufferings, trials, could be animals, dogs, puppies. I know lots of the Empire girls like puppies. Come on, worship God in that. It's amazing. Like I said, the environment, all of it, all of it is to be done for the glory of God. And this week, I'd love to set a challenge out for all of us. Write down three mundane or mediocre things that you don't want to see with your old lens anymore, but you want to start seeing through the lens of the gospel. Hey, it might be sweeping and, and housework. You just think, oh, that, that's, just, that's just a task that I do. God can't be attached to that. It's like, no, no, no. God can be attached to that. Glorify Him. Worship in there. It might be your workplace. Hey, it might be your uni lectures where you're just like, oh, these are just a waste of time. Don't want to go to these. 
but you need to start seeing it through the lens of the gospel that you're gonna get educated to do the things of, of God later in the future and you need to have a greater vision for your life. It could be your work, it could be relationships, could be going for a surf, it could be anything. What are three things, mundane things, that you wanna start seeing through the way that God sees them? And secondly, well, firstly, our worship gets good when we start to view life through the gospel. And secondly, tonight, our worship gets powerful when it's done in unity. Our worship gets powerful when it's done in unity. And it might, <laughs> now I've been talking like the songs we sing on, on, on a Sunday or on a Friday or whatnot, uh, almost sinful. And I, I don't want us to get to that thing like that, that's bad and that's not worship. That's 100% worship, what we just did before. And can I say that that's not the picture I wanted to paint. It's more that God has more worship for us every single day at all times. And, um, and when we come together to worship, even when we're about to right now, I'm telling you, when we gather as the saints, as the church, as the bride of Christ, He sees and He encounters His people. He wants to refuel us, recharge us, and refresh us. When we walk into this place, surrender our hearts before God. Go, God, I want to change my school. I want to change my university. I want to change my workplace. I want to change me, God. When we come into this space and this place to just worship God, it is powerful. When we're in unity, I love that what Psalm 133 says, says, how good, how good is it for brethren to dwell in unity? And ladies, how good is it for brethren to dwell in unity? It's the combined worship of the Israelites that saw the walls of Jericho fall. It's the unity of the 120 in the upper room had on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit invaded their lives and filled them. It was the 12 disciples set out for the work of the ministry to bring widespread revival to the world. It was the worship of Paul and Silas in the prison that caused the earth to shake and shackles to break. It's in the unity, it's in the unity of us together that God does His best work. In conclusion, I love what the song So Will I by Hillsong. I love it so much because it really does paint a massive picture of how we glorify God. And it says this, it says, if the stars were made to worship, so will I. If the mountains bow in reverence, so will I. If the oceans roar your greatness, so will I. For if everything exists to lift you high, so will I. If the wind goes where you send it, so will I. And if the rocks cry out in silence, so will I. Hey, I believe in a church that every moment we breathe would be another opportunity to worship Jesus.